Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my like Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hassan Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Ooh Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken glorious broken but glorious to broken but glorious podcast because like me you are head to toe a pro hello and welcome to broken but glorious on bbgwrestling.com i'm chris lapp and i'm delighted to be joined on the line by a multiple time light heavyweight champion referee set designer raymondo how you doing this evening ray yeah mr chris i'm uh i'm, I'm doing fine uh how's things with you how's the family oh we're all very well thanks excited to go back to school, the kids. Said no kid ever. <laughs> I bet, yeah, when you're year one, school's very exciting, isn't it? So, he's only 75. So. I think, I think, my 50 year old's quite enjoyed doing school from home and then staying upstairs and talking to his friends on the Xbox or whatever. So, yeah, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be like a developing norm now in the, in the uh, bigger picture of things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's it's the best way of talking to his mates at the moment, so and he seems to enjoy it. He's got a nice group of friends. <laughs> yeah, my my siblings are doing that all the time with uh, with his home learning. Mm. Uh, chatting with his mates on the sly. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been surviving lockdown? Ah, oh, Chris, I've been working through all of them. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the two lockdowns lacked last year and the uh and the lockdown that we're currently in at the moment. Do you know what? You'd be surprised just how many people are still flying during this lockdown. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, for working at the airport, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a need for essential travel, isn't there? So, uh, mm-hmm. nice to keep me in work, as it's pros and cons, really. I mean, you know, people have lost their, their jobs, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in an area where I've like, seen thousands of people a day, really. So, uh, like I say, pros and cons, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you been binging any series you could recommend for listeners? Or? Well, uh, not, not a great deal, unfortunately, because, uh, so with with, the, with my shoot job, I work a lot of ridiculous hours, really. So uh, as it stands, it doesn't really leave a lot of time for uh, <laughs> for, for like a binge life. I mean, uh, when I've been able to, I've been able to visit my parents and uh, I've yeah. just gone watch their Netflix. So uh, I think I've watched about Game of Thrones uh, multiple times, and I, I recently got into uh, something called Bad Boy Billionaires. It kind of like, yeah, kind of illustrates, uh, well, it, well doc- documents, uh, frauds to, uh, Indian businessmen, really, and uh, how, how they got to the top and the downfall and all that. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, pretty thing. interesting, actually. Yeah, I've just finished Star Trek Discovery. That was, that was fun. That's, I'd recommend so you're, it if you, even if you're not a Star Trek fan, it's not like other Star Treks. So it's very, it's very modern. And, so you're living long and prospering after that, then? <laughs> um, yeah, I started Glow. One Sunday, and I've watched two series of it in like three days. It's that good. I'd, I'd recommend it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've, been, I've been watching excerpts on uh, on YouTube. Really, I think uh, any any documentaries like that, like Dark Side of the Ring, I'll I'll just mm. I'll try and find it on YouTube. Like try and keep the costs down wherever I can, really, in uh, in all of this. Yeah, but well, wrestling wise, are you uh, usually a wrestling fan? Yeah, I've, uh, well, so I've been, been keeping current with it uh, during lockdown. I think. Uh, Mostly play catch up on YouTube, really, with like your WWE and your AWs and your your impacts and all that. I mean, luckily, uh, I've been working a few night shifts. Uh, whenever I've got like an hour or so, I've been able to catch uh, AW Dynamite. Yeah, 
on ITV. So uh, for the for the nights that I've been at work, I've uh, was grateful for a bit of that really. But uh, but yeah, I've been I've been catching up on my you know current stuff and, and past stuff and all that. Uh, really, just trying to keep current and past with it. So I'll tell you what, though, is rather difficult this day and age to f- try and find like good lucha libre to be watching in Mexico. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a guy on YouTube that used to uh to upload like the the weekly series of it all. It seems to have disappeared now. So uh yeah, I was, I was that excited when I got Netflix as I could watch Lucha Underground. That's only on the American and Canadian one. So I was like, I can't be on the British one as well. So <laughs> I wanted to watch Lucha Underground. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, struggling without that a bit, really. Yeah, okay. we could I, we could horribly date the interview now, but have you seen there's a big show signed for AW today? Yeah, I saw that about uh, well about three or four minutes ago. As uh, as as ma- making jokes uh, with a few mates that I've got on a on a WhatsApp group. Mm. Right, rant- even though he'd left WWE. So. Well, nobody expected Sting, uh, Sting to go, did they? So uh, yeah. I guess at this point anything can happen. <laughs> I'll say I let you, yeah, because they usually have that ninety day no compete clause, and apparently he's going to be on tomorrow. Really, right? tomorrow, so. So uh-huh. I, I, yeah, so I, I don't even know he left. <laughs> so, yeah. So who who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Well, uh, I was uh, I was I was quite the WCW mark when I uh, when I grew up. Yeah, this usually ages you. This question. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about it. So I'll try and uh, I'll, I'll try and try and keep it uh, try and keep it easy. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean my my dad's family were high on uh, on WWF. Yeah. Back in the day, and I think I can remember from about three years old, uh, the first wrestler that I ever, that I ever what, what saw really. Uh, no surprise, it was Hulk Hogan. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So my yeah, so my dad's family were very much much into that. They were always watching uh, WWF on Sky. Uh, but I, I, for some bizarre reason, I just couldn't get in, couldn't get into it. Like the uh, the big the big boy persona and all that. I mean, I I, I kept current with it. I had. I'd, uh, WWF Super WrestleMania on the snares. That was my first ever video game. So, uh, yes, I remember playing it. Yeah, so I kind of, uh, I kind of based my Mount Rushmore professional wrestling on, uh, on, on at least three of the guys on there. Mm. And then, uh, time dragged on. I remember, uh, how, how old was I? I? Must have been about seven years old or something. And, uh, it was back when we had a uh, cable television and Cartoon Network, I think, after about nine o'clock would hand over to TNT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so I, I stuck around thinking I'm going to watch some cartoons here. And then next thing I know, WCW Monday Nitro was on. I think to myself, gosh, right, I'll stick around and watch this then. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and the, the, the one thing that immediately stuck out with me was, uh, were the cruiserweights. Yes, the, yeah, the cruiserweights were the best parts of the show, I think. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, it, you probably want to. They never got, over, yeah, they never got overexposed either because there was only like a, They've even had one or two cruiserweight segments a week, so it was something to look forward to every week rather than getting overexposed every week. So yeah, yeah, there was there was talks about that, and uh, yeah, so I'd tune in every week uh, for the sole purpose of watching the cruiserweights. So uh, going back to your original question of who was my favourite wrestler growing up, uh, you probably won't find this any surprise with the name like mine. Uh, it was Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That was our Joel's favorite wrestler when he was little. <laughs> Matt and Isaac, until recently, anybody with a mask he called Ray. He knew he knew it wasn't Ray Mysterio, just Ray's. People in masks were just called Ray. 
<laughs> yeah, well, even uh, even to uneducated even to uneducated wrestling fans, especially the ones that I, I work with, uh, when, you, yeah. when they think of a mass wrestler, they think of Rey Mysterio. Yes, he, yeah, he is not is an absolute legend. Oh yeah, he used, he used to love watching him back in the day, and if he he'd tangle it up with like Juventud Guerrero and Psychosis and all that, and I thought. If I ever get into this, that's how I want to do things. I want to do things all like that, that amount of pizzazz, like flippy mm. stuff and all that, and uh, wear a mask and yeah, I was dead hooked on, dead hooked on cruiserweight stuff. Ah, right, cool. So what actually prompted you to do the tights against the ring yourself? Well, uh, as as a teenager, I think most people uh, you obviously wrestled about, did a bit of backyard wrestling on their trampoline. So uh, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. although. Although, when I say backyard wrestling for me, it was actually just me throwing my little brother around on the trampoline, so it, it was a bit of a far cry from uh, from how I actually wanted to be in the ring, because you know, I wanted to be like the Rey Mysterio Juniors and the Underdog and this, and then I'm busy acting like the Undertaker on my little brother, giving him power bars <laughs> the trampoline and all that. Uh, so yeah, I... Uh, I moved I moved to, moved to Manchester in uh, 2010, and... Uh, yeah, sort out, sort out training schools. So, uh, yeah, mate, I've, I've been around a fair bit in the, in British wrestling. I, I started training in, uh, April 2010. Oh, wow. So that's even before the, like, the Brit Rest boom. So, yeah. The 2013 boom, when all those schools seemed to pop up. So. Yeah, I think back then, I would say schools were a bit, like, few and far in between so uh I was, I was pretty lucky to find one actually so uh yeah got got uh got got training i mean I'll, I'll say straight off the bat uh i was i was stick thin when i first started i was just about nine stone oh wow yeah i mean i was uh i mean if, i wouldn't want to show you a picture of me, but i was morbidly skinny back then and uh looking back on it i did feel a bit silly actually being around all these uh Big Bill blokes. Mm. <laughs> I think they had a lot. I think they had a See, lot of fun throwing me around. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go on. You were going to say something there. I'd say you, you did mention that you wanted to mold your style around like the lucha style. But did you have an idea of a character you wanted to? Be? Well, I'd, yes and no, really. I'd always, I'd always gone in there thinking I wanted to be like a Mexican style luchador. So I went in there. Thinking, right, I'm going to work the lucha style. I'm going to wear a mask. Uh, that didn't quite really sit well, I'd say, with uh, the other guys who wanted to do like Japan style or American style or British style. Mm. I was like one of the rare guys there that was doing all this, uh, doing all like flips, back flips, top rope stuff, all that really. So, uh, but yeah, I really wanted to, uh, yeah, just re- I really wanted, really wanted to like work lucha style really in, in, uh, in all of that. Gained an appreciation for the for the other stuff, but it was Lucha because being a uh, being Ray, having Rey Mysterio at heart, wanted to be like him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where did the name Rey Mundo come from? Yeah, because well, I was just trying to find uh, like a Spanish uh, Spanish variant of Rey. Really, uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I think I discovered it on my own. But I was looking at uh, I was looking at like Spanish names of uh, wrestlers and all that, and. Uh, I think it was Los Fianos, the, uh, it's like a wrestling family and, uh, mm. over in Mexico. Uh, and the, the dad was called Ray Mendoza Jr. And then noticed, noticed that, uh, uh, Ray is actually an abbreviation for Ray Mundo. Oh, right. Well, it was, uh, a, a lot, a lot of people actually call me Ray Mondo, I think, 
Or what, yeah. what, what, what sitcom was it where he had the great Raimondo? <laughs> Can't think for the oh. life of me which one it is. Could be, it's either, I know there's um, a, a, a cartoon with great Raimondo in it. I was trying to break Simpsons? Up. Could have been. But, uh, long great, story short. But the Simpsons had a great Raimondo as a retired magician. All right. <laughs> well, learn something new every night, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but I think ultimately with that, I was just trying to break away from the stigma that I want to be traditional if you're going to call me, if you're going to call me that, so I want it to be Raymundo. I say, coming from like an Asian background and going down the Lucha route, what, what did you like your friends and family think of your wrestling? Well, uh, my, my, my parents were dead against me doing it because, uh, I don't think they had any, any appreciation for just how physical wrestling is. Hmm. So I mean, when I when I come back from when I come back from training without all these whelps on me, just for, like taking bumps and like taking chops and all that, um, yeah. you know, they, they were concerned for me. I mean, uh, I did try to explain to them, look, I'm 20 years old. I'll make my this is what I want to do with my life. But I, they they were still they were still upset upset about that. Uh, I think they were more so upset that if I was going to be any kind of character that I wasn't going to portray. Uh, like in an Asian background, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to forget that I'm actually half Asian. I'm Indian on my dad's side, but that's that's kind of like why I'm trying to break away from that sort of like mentality that people seem to think, you know, because I've got like an Arabic sounding last name that I'm a, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be an Asian sort of wrestler. Mm-hmm. So no, I just uh, quite fancy to uh, quite fancy just doing something completely different from uh, from my usual persona, really. <laughs> cool. And then you go with the mask? Or did you try a mask and it didn't work for you? Or did uh, you ever have a mask? Well, I did. I've never I, seen you wrestle in a mask. So. Well, I did for the first few matches. Uh, I mean, lots of people seem to think that I had my first match two years ago. But in actual fact, I had my first wrestling match in mm. uh, 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was one of my uh, one of my gym mates had, uh, had referred me over. Uh, to another promotion. So it was March 2012 was my first ever wrestling match. Uh, have you gone back and watched it? Well, it seems to have disappeared from, uh, disappeared from record now, but I can't remember for the life of me which promotion it was. I do know that it was in the, uh, UKW, uh, like set up back then. Uh, UKW was the only promotion that was on British television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, as a yes, I thought. On, I think it was called the Wrestling Channel. It could have been. I think it was my channel or my TV, some something like that. But, but yes, I think if it was on Sky, it'd be like further down the two hundreds, three hundreds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, got yeah, got got referred to that. I originally went as a ref, but uh, one of the guys that I went with said, "Look, if you need a spot, fill in for the Rumble." Uh, raise your man. Like, right, yeah, that's it. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to referee half the match and then you're going to go out as entry number 19 as referee man. (laughs) That's great. Now, uh, have a a stripy mask on. Uh, well, actually for that, for that match, I didn't actually have a mask. It was only like the subsequent matches after that that I did decide to wear a mask, but, uh, the one thing that I fondly remember about that match was I had I had some uh, wrestling gear underneath because I didn't want to uh because I was in my work trousers and a referee shirt so I 
bopped off the referee's shirt, had a vest on underneath, and then tried getting my work work pants off. And I had my uh, had my gear on underneath, so I had uh, like tights, uh, knee pads, kick pads, boots, and I couldn't get them off. They got stuck. They got stuck in my boots. <laughs> I know. So I'm I'm spending like the first five minutes of uh, what's supposed to be my big debut finally. Uh, in wrestling, jumping around the outside of the ring, trying to get me pants off. <laughs> Bet that went down well with the promoter. <laughs> uh, man, they were all crying with laughter backstage. <laughs> so, so were the fans as well. Would you believe there? So, uh, so yeah, I think my my first ever wrestling actual match on a show. Mm. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, that provided a fair bit of comic relief actually, and uh, got got knocked about the ring a fair bit, but. Uh, uh, well, I actually eliminated one person from the Rumble, actually. So that was my, uh, that for about several years was my biggest achievement in wrestling. Eliminating one person from a Rumble in the middle of Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> what about your first non-Rumble match? Yeah, been? so they, uh, they were, yeah, so I had about three or four matches, uh, a couple of one-off shows, uh, can't remember where exactly. Definitely in the Northwest, but I started wearing the mask from there. Uh, and I build myself as uh, Ray Mundo. Uh, can't, I can't remember those matches pretty well because they're, they're incredibly short. I'll, I'll, I'll say straight, they're actually squash matches. So, uh, mm. but yeah, the, I, I went out. I went out in the mass. I think the idea was back then I was going to be doing like half and half, really. So I was going to be wrestling in the mask. But if the situation required it, I'd be a referee uh, unmasked. Yeah, well, that's uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was pretty much very. Much, I was like a nameless referee, so uh, uh, it, it didn't matter really if I went out there as, as the nameless referee and uh, you know all that. You know, I could, could could wrestle under a name and be nameless as a ref, couldn't I? This is Charlie Bennett, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious. So away from wrestling, you have an entrance staging business. So tell us a bit about that. So. Yeah, so I uh, well, I, I got into that uh, in 2016. Uh, and I was, uh, so I was training with, uh, Infinite Promotions. Now I've been yeah. with them, since, I've been with them since day one from 2012, started refereeing for them. Uh, but then. But just outside Liverpool. Uh, well, they, back then they were based in central Liverpool. Mm. But now they're in, uh, now they're based in St. Helens. So, uh, so, yeah, I had a few health complications in, uh, in 2016. So I had to have surgery for that. Yeah. Oh. But then, uh, after that, I started feeling better again, and I thought to myself, right, I need to get, I need to get back into training. Because uh, at that point, I'd been, I'd stopped training for, th- for three years and just carried on with the refereeing for Infinite Promotions. So, uh, got training with them in August, no, not August, autumn of 2016. Uh, yeah, yeah. And even then, I was be, I was quite the workhorse for Kieran McConnell. I was doing everything for him, refereeing, providing cameras, and I thought to myself, right. What else can I do? Uh, and the one thing that I've always liked in wrestling is, uh, entrances. Yes. <laughs> I think de- definitely when you're like, especially when it comes to WrestleMania season, you've got all this like over the top entrances and all that and, uh, and the like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> def- def- definitely appealed to me. Definitely did. And, uh, I've made I've made several entrances uh, now and previous to like just a door or a curtain, and it can be very demoralising actually for uh, for workers. 
So I started, uh, so I started funding it off my own back, buying bits of uh, bits of rigging and bits of stage. Yeah, a, a lot of the elements from from what I'm using as a stage really is like it's drawn from uh, like some of my favourite entrance sets of uh, of like professional wrestling. Cool. What, what have been some of your favourites? Uh, well, I was I, I was a big fan of a. Uh, I was a big fan of the WCW Monday Nitro one with like the the three part three part rigs coming out, hmm. and yeah. the, and the smoke machine as well. I've I've even got I've even got one of that as well. I just need to find a good show to use it. So, <laughs> oh, <amazing>. <laughs> uh, I'm also would you believe it a big fan of the uh, the SmackDown Live set from 2016. You know when they've got the uh, I'm trying to remember it. I think the one is uh, when they've got that sort of platform that's about like half a meter high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not it's not actually on the floor. It's kind of like in the middle. That so I think the one thing that I've not liked about anyone making their entrance is if they're eye level with the crowd. Uh, yeah, you, you're not going to feel like a larger than life character, are you? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I think of larger than life entrances, I think one. Of, I think my favorite. Uh, Based on WrestleMania, my favourite entrance set is WrestleMania 33. Yeah, was that the, I'm trying to remember it. Um, the, was that the huge ramp that we could took up like the half the stage? Yeah, and it was. Uh, it, had, it had a roller coaster in the background, didn't it? Y- yes, I remember. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think. Uh, excuse me. Going forward, obviously, uh, obviously wanting to get shows up and running again in this day and age. Uh, just to minimise co- a little bit of contact with the fans and all that, uh, that's the sort of standard that I'm I'm sort of working to now with because uh, I've got I've got portable stage decks now. So let me give you an example: uh, Wrestle Island venue uh, from the last show. Yeah. So I've I've now got basically a, br- a bridge to get from the from the stage down to the ring now. All right, so that's cool. So not not only is it maintaining a fair bit of safety with between wrestlers and and fans now, but it's also it's also putting them on a bigger pedestal in making them feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big shot, I'm a big character now. I think you'll have to see. Yeah, you'll so have it's to see. Weird, it's weird when you go back. Yeah, so, yeah, it's gonna be weird going back if you're not gonna be able to slap hands with the fans in your the face. It is. But, yeah, uh, we've we've got to adapt with things, haven't we? So, so you just, do you just have a, a set available, or do, is it like on demand? You can just do what what they want. Or? Yeah, so it's 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 pretty bespoke, really. So, uh, so I I I gave a pitched a few ideas to Kieran, because uh, it was coming up to a five year anniversary of Infinite Promotions. So we're gonna have a big show in uh in August of 2017. And he, yeah. wanted a very, he wanted a very nice setup for it. So uh, so I fu- I funded all of that off my back and uh, trial ran it, and uh, sure enough, I came up with something really spectacular. Uh, the, oh, the, the lads were really. I think the lads when they came out to that entrance, they had, they felt yeah, big time. Definitely a big time feel. Definitely feels like a five year anniversary show. Uh, and it it made it made me feel good in the I'm helping to like raise the morale all around really. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then it was not long after that that uh, Mr. Peter Blackham contacted me. Yeah, saying that he quite like. Yeah, he quite like the uh, quite like the entrance. Uh, could I do it for them? Because they, I think they just moved into the Birkenhead uh, yes. Youth Club, and uh, they were coming out to just a door, I think. So, so uh, yeah, I gave him a 
gave him like this and that, provide, provided the stage, and uh, it just completely yeah, upset. Yeah, I'm sure they just, had a, they just had a black curtain the first time I went to see him. Yeah, I mean... Somebody trod up, fell off. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, <laughs> he, I mean, even that's symbolic, because... Uh, I mean, s- some people have said, oh, I don't want to go for a black curtain. I've, I've just said some... Think about it. The first ever WrestleMania entrance set was a black curtain. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's how you look at it. But uh, s- since I got with them, uh, say Wrestle Island's production values and Infinite Promotion as well, shot up. They get getting great entrances and they're getting a hardworking guy as well of it. Cause I'm, not only am I providing an entrance set, but I'm also providing a backstage area as well, like a gorilla position. Mm-hmm. And I'm helping to keep law and order uh, in, in the back area as well. So uh, both both of them are get you say got a, got a hard, not to toot my own horn here, but getting a real hard working lad. Yeah, so you do the, you do you do the entrance stages, but you also here and you also, you have your own merch stand in the interval. It's all over the place whenever I see I'm there. So. Yeah, I'm of, I'm often referred to as the uh, <laughs> as the workhorse wherever I go, but. Uh, interesting fact about the belt, the belt business. I'm not actually making any money on that. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm selling them like just to break even. But uh, again, it, it, it adds to the atmosphere. I remember getting my, uh, I remember getting my first wrestling belt. How old was I? I must have been about nine or ten. It was for my birthday, and I felt, I felt like a proper champion. Me held, holding a plastic belt. Yes. <laughs> and then moving up into uh, into my late teens, I moved on to. Uh, I moved on to like actual metal replica belts. So I thought, right, I can, I could probably do with selling off all my plastic bonds now and creating a bit of a buzz at shows, really. Uh, say so how I felt as a child holding a bell. Surely, surely kids at shows would like to feel that as well. Yeah. Isaac is always eyeing them up as well. Maybe next time. Well, you know, if he sees, sees anything he likes, it's, it's a, <laughs> seems like a fair trade of having me on your show, so. <laughs> <laughs> he loves, yeah, he loves anything, anything wrestling. He's, he's got, he's got his costume made for next time Wrestle Island's on already. He wants to wear, yeah, his wrestling persona is the evil Isaac. He's a bad guy. Well, uh, he, has, he has his cape and he has, he has his, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got him a muscle suit for his birthday last year. So, <laughs> so he's all, he's all ready. <laughs> Go eat your Isaac, I'll Can't put me. you a nice belt. I'll put you a nice belt aside. How's that? Oh, I'll, I'll tell him. Thank you. <laughs> so. This is Joey Fabulous, and you're listening to Broken Foot Glorious, and that is fabulous. So, given you've had this time off, and you've probably had time to like rest your body, get rid of any niggling injuries, uh, evaluate what's worked well, what hasn't worked well over the last couple of years. So, have you got to make any tweaks to your character or to your moveset when we come back? Well, uh, it's been a bit of a bumpy ride, quite literally, with uh, especially with lockdown, but. Uh, yeah. When I, I got back in, I got back into wrestling and I started getting wrestling, regular wrestling books in, uh, March 2019. Uh, yeah. and I think one thing that I wanted to do, even though I wanted to like run Lucha style was, uh, just simply cause I've, I've, I've been off it for so long, just tone it down a little bit. So, uh, I've kept, I've kept high flying to a sort of minimum and sort of wanted to, uh, what's like build up to it gradually. Mm. So get, get back to, uh, Get back to what I was able to do back when I was nine stone. What I can do now in a uh, thirteen stone. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
in theory, it's been nice having all this time off, really, but uh, I took a nasty back bump at work uh, last Ooh. April. Yeah. Because uh, one, 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 thing, one thing that's uh, integral in my role is actually being a first aider. Uh, I thought when it came to a matter of life and death, I'm not going to go into detail too much, but it involved me having to jump over a barrier. Uh, mm. Didn't quite clear it. My foot clipped the top of it, and I ended up flip bumping. Yeah. Taking a back bump on a on pavement, bloody hurt. Ow! Oh, sounds horrible. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. My 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 lower back's still a bit sore from that, so uh, we'll 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 have to wait and see what happens. But good news is what what the uh, the emergency situation came out all right in the end. So uh, everyone lived. Yeah. <laughs> Albeit with a little bit of pain. So, <laughs> so so since we did have our last show, we have a the Black Lives Matter movement, we have the Speaking Out movements. What things do you hope will either be different, or are you hoping, and what are you hoping it's going to be like when the rest returns? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, with, with Black Lives Matter, I think uh, I think there's been there's always been a very heavy involvement with Black Lives Matter, especially amongst the uh, the bigger promotions in the UK, because uh, a, a lot of the promotions that I've worked for def- definitely champ- definitely champion like equality and like. Uh, fairness on that front really so uh i think as far as where black lives matter is going uh i think we're i think we're definitely going in the right direction with that as for speaking out uh i mean i i could go into real depth about this subject because it's i mean it it it, it, hit, it hits home quite a fair bit actually uh from from previous experiences of uh of that but uh yeah yeah but i think going forward though like when we're talking about Hearing about all these things about like safeguarding and all that, and uh, and just like b- better rules and regulations in place, really. I think what one simple one that I can think of really is now I'm not going to name promotions here, but uh, mm-hmm. workers that aren't wrestling hanging around in the locker room. Uh, yeah. That's it's real. That's I think for me that's a real big no no. It's like you want to you want to like take take it take it like look at it a different way. Like if you're if you're working in a shop or something, uh, you treat like the backstage area as a staff room. It's only staff allowed in there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's 100% makes sense. Yeah, and uh, if I could just mention uh, Paramount Pro Wrestling at this point because uh, they've yeah they've they've gone a bit they've gone under uh, a bit of a management restructure at the moment. So uh, uh, what we're going to see now is a is a high safeguarding presence uh, backstage at Paramount Pro shows now. Uh, two of which are Ofsted accredited, so uh, there's great reassurance there, knowing that uh, the guys behind Paramount Pro Wrestling are doing the right thing to ensure our safety and fan safety and all that. Yeah, so Paramount Pro Wrestling is it the merger of Wrestling Sports and Just Fabulous, or is it just Just Fabulous as Uh It's just oh, a complete. Nice. It's just a complete rebrand. I think. All right. Cool. It yeah. was when it first started out as Wrestling Sport and Just Fabulous, they merged, and that was uh, that was just uh, put my tongue away. Sorry, uh, December 2019, and then uh, during uh, during lockdown, the decision was made uh, off the back of speaking out and obviously wanting to restructure everything. Uh, it's now known as Paramount Pro Wrestling. So you can say that speaking out <laughs> was uh, speaking out was very much uh, a catalyst, really, for a positive change. Yeah. But- yeah, so uh, you're meant to have like, a, a show in Manchester, which sounded like it was going to have an amazing card from what Joey was telling me. 
Oh gosh, yeah. Anything. I mean, that was uh, I had all. I was going to have all my family, all my friends, and all my work friends come. It was a. Uh, it was going to be a good show, and uh, so the so the show previous to that, it was me versus Troy McCarthy, and I just lost the uh, the just fabulous pro wrestling light heavyweight championship. Mm. So uh, the against the grain show was going to be like uh, was going to be like the well going to re- invoke my rematch clause now. Uh, I think that Matt, I think it was going to be one of three matches. So think, right. So it was either going to be me, me versus Troy straight up singles match for the, uh, light heavyweight yeah. championship. Uh, the other one, which I think was probably going to be the most likeliest was going to be a facial four way match involving mm-hmm. me, yeah. uh, Troy McCarthy, Charlie Brennan. And Ben Reed. Oh, cool. And I think the last, I think the other match it could have been, it could have been just the same people, but a ladder match. Was that the same match they had at the Liverpool show? The Fatal Four Way, even the show? I think, yeah, uh, but we're swapping Tyler Adams. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler Adams was in it, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Tyler Adams was out of the equation now, and Troy McCarthy was in there instead, but, uh, I'm gonna say that was the plan, really. Whether or not that's yeah, true, exactly. I guess we'll never know. But I interviewed Charlie in the lead up to that journey. It was, it was, he wanted to. <laughs> I think it was, was it like, I can't remember, was it Simon Miller's going to have an open challenge or he was going to answer a challenge? I can't remember. Simon Miller's going to be on the show. And Charlie yeah. was like, oh, I <laughs> would have loved to have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, say that. That that could have been a that that could have been a thing, but I think uh, I was only ever focused on uh, on on my match really. I think everything else was kind of like up in the air. The uh, I think the sh- the show previous kind of like the only foundation that was laid for that show was uh, Troy McCarthy's beating me for my championship. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, that match won't happen because uh, little known fact this, but. Uh, even though Troy won the light, just fabulous light heavyweight championship, uh, yeah, yeah. there's been the there's been the restructured to Paramount Pro Wrestling, and Paramount don't recognise the championship change. Oh wow! So uh, that's, that's, that's a cool storyline. So. Well, the belt's been returned to me, and officially, I'm a three time champion now. Oh, amazing! <laughs> so, so, uh, so I'm I've like so it's I'm, been vacated and just given to you. I think I think that the uh I think the I think the result was nullified but just just given back to me as a third reign really. So uh I might be the I'm I think I'm the only person in in a Paramount Pro that has held uh a championship through all three of its different incarnations, so uh, wrestling sport, just fabulous and now Paramount Pro. Oh amazing. Oh, congrats! Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> to be honest, I, th- I, th- I think there'll be, <laughs> I think there'll be plenty of opportunities to uh, to work with Troy again and some of the uh, younger talent that are coming, rising through the ranks at, uh, at Paramount Pro. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes, really. But I'm I'm, yeah, I'm that, looking- that, that Liverpool show was the first time I'd ever seen Troy, and then I see him all the time now because we were. During lockdown, we've started watching a lot of Britannia, and he was on Britannia a lot a couple of years ago, so we've seen, we've seen quite a lot of him now. And he's like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. I interviewed him at that show. Yeah, I mean, I never, uh, I never, 
I never worked with the guy up until December 2019, but I knew who he was. I mean, I'd, I'd refereed for him once uh, at one of uh, God, whose show was it? I think it was Burt Bridges' uh, charity show 2017. Mm. Troy came out just yeah, cool. as Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> this is James Reed, and you're listening to Broken Buffalo's podcast. So, if you're promoting for a day, promoting a show, if I using wrestlers you've either worked with, trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way, if I give you a match day, if you tell me who you're putting that match. Well, don't you think, Mr. Chris, we should announce the referees first? <laughs> cool. Yeah, nobody's ever asked I'd, me to I'd, do that. Yeah. I'd, I'd okay. be failing the referee side of my of my work if I didn't. So, uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, your referees for this show are Mr. James Greenwood and Mr. Kai Francis. Yay! <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, James Greenwood, uh, love the guy. Uh, believe it or not, he actually used to watch me uh, referee when I was at Infinite Promotions. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's yeah. a really nice guy. He interviewed him in oh, 2019, I think. Yes. Not long, uh, a- not long after he, he refereed the match between Pack and Adam Page. <laughs> wow. Well. <laughs> uh, lucky guy, and I'm, I'm glad he's uh, I'm glad he's got as far with it. I mean, uh, I mean, sh- shame on me for not wanting to, to, to pursue it any fur- refereeing further. But you know, good on him now and. Uh, and I'm actually the uh, I'm actually the guy on the other side of his uh, his earpiece at Wrestle Island. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so I'm I'm giving him the time cues and I'm letting him know like what what's happening and all that. So uh, he he very much respects me as uh, as one a fellow ref and two as sort of like the production team of Wrestle Island. Mm. And I think I've done the same for Infinite Promotions as well. Wow, amazing. I saw, I saw that um, Kai got announced as for Superstar Pro Wrestling as like the referee today. Yeah, he's a he's a, dead, he's a dead nice bloke, is Kai. I met him at a, a Tubebook show, and I feel really bad that I passed over the opportunity to wrestle with him because uh, he's he's got such a fabulous heart for this uh, for this business, and he's he's sort of taking the same sort of road that I'm taking with it. Like he wants to be a wrestler and a referee, so. Uh, dead pleased that he's doing that. Like me, he will learn an awful lot from doing that. Great. <laughs> All right, so who will be in your opening contest? The crowd excited. Right, so I've had a, had a good think about all of this. So for my opening contest, I have gone with classic Kieran McConnell, uh, promoter at Infinite Promotions, versus yeah. the Diamond Prospect, Harry McKenney. Ooh. Harry. Yeah, so... Uh, and both these guys are very into their technical wrestling. Uh, I learned an awful lot from Kieran McConnell. Uh, he do like a few training sessions at Infinite. Uh, taught, taught us a lot of tech. Uh, he actually knows a lot more than he lets on. <laughs> and of course, we've all, we've all seen how very good, uh, Harry is. And I've, I've worked with him, I think, on two occasions. So, and I think, uh, had lockdown last year not have happened, I'm fairly sure me and Harry would have been on the cards at one point. Wow, oh, amazing! I can't, yeah. Either for infinite. He's, or... only, he's only just he's only just turned eighteen, so I don't know what he's going to be like when he's twenty two, twenty three. And if that's he's what's this now. That's what's that's so good about him. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm thirty years old, and if he's just turned eighteen, he's really put me to shame. <laughs> I think that what one one important thing to remember with everyone is that uh, you know, people progress at different speeds, so I'm. Say so the world's as oyster as Harry, so uh, that's definitely my opening uh, match. Classic Kieran McConnell versus uh, 
Diamond Prospect, Harry McKenney. Amazing. How about a, co- a comedy match? Right, so I've had a, uh, again, another good think about this one, and I've gone with uh, Bad Lad Mickey Barnes versus Ooh, yes. the Honourable Miles Johnson. Right, Lots so... Uh, Miles Johnson. I, I, I do like Mickey. He's a, he's a lot of fun. What few fond memories that I've got of my uh, of my early early time in wrestling? Uh, so Mickey was definitely there. I think we'd we'd, we'd die with laughter. Uh, some some sessions, with just, <laughs> just, just the stuff he was coming out with uh, yeah. people. I mean, I, I do a pretty good impression of him. Uh, so he's throwing throwing insults around, and I think he was trying to think of something innovate, innovative to call uh, to call someone. Yeah, uh, as as being the heel, so. He comes out with, you a mopper, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, yeah, def, def, definitely one of a, definitely one for the comedy match uh, genre, even though he's like unintentionally funny. Yeah. And the same, go, same goes for Miles Johnson as well. Uh, I've, I've, I've met him for his, uh, since he started training at Infinite Promotions uh, about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been with Wrestling Sport and Just Fabulous, uh, all that. He's, uh, again, wants to be a serious rest, wants to be a serious wrestler, I should say, but, uh, he's unintentionally funny. Unfortunately, he had to retire in December 2019. I think he's, uh, he oh. took, uh, yeah, he took a few, he's taken quite a few nasty bumps in his, uh, in his time as a wrestler, but I think he's, uh, I think he's paying for it now. But oh. Miles is definitely one of the nicest guys, one of the safest guys I ever worked with. Uh, and the best match I ever had was with Miles. Uh, that yeah. was uh, that was a training match. I remember I remember uh, Danny Hope saying that was fantastic. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Somebody's got praise off. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't, doesn't normally say that. Yeah. Uh, does Danny Hope? But uh, with Mickey Barnes and Miles Johnson, you got you got two two guys that are just like I think naturally funny as well. They, they put on a very good uh, put on a very good comedy match. I think you know if that ever happens, I'm sure you'll see why. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, about a uh, women's title match. Right. So, uh, I think the only two, the only two females that I've worked very close with would be, uh, Summer Rain and Harley H. Ooh. Yes. And they've worked, they've actually worked several times together, like at wrestling sport and for uh, like American wrestling shows. And, uh, I think the more, the more in which both of them do it, they're actually, they're actually getting a lot better with it, actually. So, uh, I think the last time, I think the last time they worked, they did a, uh, did a hardcore match, uh, uh, wrestling sport. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I've only seen. Go on. Um, Sorry, Rain wrestled once in the Rumble last year at Wrestle Island. Every time she's been a manager when I've seen her. But yeah, I really like, um, Harley Hudson. So she's yeah. Been, she's yeah, yeah, Summer's definitely capable of doing the high flying stuff. I've seen her. I've seen her like run rings around. Uh, I mean, I think she's she's quite used to actually the uh, the intergender uh, sort of style style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Harley as well. Actually, of uh, she she's done a bit of that in uh, in Just Fabulous. Yeah, amazing. And I I only just got in with uh, with Runcorn just before what happened happened, and uh, I think mm-hmm. she's done a fair bit of that as well. So. Uh, yeah, the two of them are definitely working up to something really, really good here. So, uh, if I could provide a, a a good venue and a good crowd, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll definitely, uh, definitely do do great. The pair of them. Wow, amazing! That's, that's a great match. Um, about a hardcore extreme rules style match. 
Well, Mr. Chris, uh, I think one of my one of my favourite variations of the hardcore match is uh, is actually a kind of free for all like type of thing, like uh, like the yeah. the barroom bar brawl from uh, from which was No Mercy two thousand and three, something like that, or Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then oh, uh, wow. yeah. and they're like, what else was there? There's, there was the uh, there's a junkyard invitational and WCW and a pinata on a pole match. So uh, I think if yeah. you're gonna go, if you're gonna, I mean, I'm not one for extreme rules. I think there's there's, there's far too much of an element of danger in that. But if you're gonna tone it down to a hardcore level, then I think definitely, uh, definitely, I think like a, a free four would be lots of fun in that. So uh, I've got a I've got a handful of wrestlers for this. If I'm allowed to do that, uh, Chris. Yeah, it's your cards. You put as many people on as you want. <laughs> yeah, so I think if you throw these guys in, you'll have lots of fun. So uh, Isaac North, he's definitely one. Yes. Uh, Joey Rush, formerly known as Joey Fabulous. Uh, yes. We'll put the business Aaron Martin in there. And uh, I've got to credit Aaron Martin for bringing me back into professional wrestling. So I have a fair bit to be thankful for him. Uh, I'd put Charlie Brennan in that kind of match. Ooh. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty. Uh, I think he'd be pretty good at it. Who else? Yeah. Have got? So, yeah, throw Cyrus Blackwell in there as well. He's uh, he's helped me out with the uh, the entrance set a lot. Uh, there's a couple of uh, lads that I've trained with. So, like unknown names like Vinnie St. James, Jackson Abbott, uh, P.L. Dotson. Uh, he, you'll see a fair bit of him in Paramount Pro going forward. He uh, mm. he start, He actually got into wrestling with uh, White Collar with PCW. Oh wow! Yeah, and he's been training with Infinite Promotions ever since. And I was, uh, I was, he was very, I was very fortunate, and he was very fortunate. So I was actually managed to get him onto uh, onto Just Fabulous shows. So uh, you're going to see see quite a lot of him actually uh, going forward with Paramount. And nice. uh, yeah, one last person that I would put in the hardcore type of match is uh, I'd actually put Piece of Blackham in there as well. Ooh! Oh wow! Well, we've seen we've seen what he can do with that kendo stick. I'm sure Dean and I knows uh, pretty well that he's capable of doing it. But uh, uh, do you know, yeah, I think I think Peter Backham would have an absolute ball a ball like beasting everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be hilarious. Uh, a tag team title match, right? So going on, uh, going on, who I've worked with and who I've trained with and all that. So I've got a bit of a melting pot here of a tag team. Hmm. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be fairly surprised with this actually. So I've gone with. Paradox, and the incarnation of Paradox I've got here is R.J. Silver and James Reed, and I'll explain that in a bit. But I've got them going up against the throwback Liam Carr, yeah, and Dynamite Lee. It's an interesting match. That's cool. Yeah, so I think uh, you say you were you, uh, you kind of ooed us uh, my idea of a paradox there. So. Uh, yeah, very little known fact this, but James Reed has actually worked as a Paradox member once before. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a good mix of styles, James Reed and LJ Silver. Yeah, well, they all three of them, uh, Silver, Connor Klein, and James Reed, they all came out to a wrestling sports show once, and they were announced as Paradox. I remember looking back at it because I, I film all these shows, and uh, I would have thought James Reed definitely fit the Paradox persona because he had all the aesthetics really, and he was working well with them. Yeah. Uh, so when I looked at the three of them together, I thought, he's Paradox, he is. Yeah, I could see him fitting in with him. Uh, and as well, I should mention very quickly, I actually tried to get him, uh, get him on, uh, well, do you know the Paradox tag team match that had to be 
changed to a three-way. Oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah, Paul Ryan Boyd uh, broke his ankle. I tried to get James Reed on with that, saying to Peter, look, I don't know if you know this, but James Reed is paradox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so that, you say it wasn't a very well, it wasn't known at that time that he was paradox. I don't think it would make any sense, really. But yeah. uh, no, I think uh, he, he does fit the paradox persona. Uh, and we got Liam Carr and Dynamite Lee. I mean, I've, I've known Liam for, for about four or five years. Uh, went for a few, definitely went for a few phases, uh, training. He wanted to be a deathmatch wrestler and then a New Japan high yeah. flyer, yeah. but he's found his niche as the throwback now. Uh, yes. and Dynamite Lee, uh, cracking bloke. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because he helps me with the, uh, with the stage and all. He, he genuinely is a nice bloke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's lovely. Put, the puts in all the effort. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that wanted me to put those two together is Di- Lee is Lee has often said he considers Liam to be uh, one of his best friends in wrestling. Yeah. Oh. So if that's the case, right, you two can see him up then. See what you can do against uh, against Silver and Reed. I'm sure oh, it'd be a good match, actually. Oh, I'd really love to see that match. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a mix of styles though, actually. Yeah. High flying with your technicals in your say jujitsu style and uh, smash mouth and all that. So yeah. Cool. Uh, then you got an intergender match. Right, now I've had to cheat with this one uh, a little bit. Okay. So what I've got for intergender match is, my idea of an intergender match would be a front line explodes triple threat match. Wow, so yes. Lance versus Jack Sinclair versus Stacey Rose. And the winner of that match gets to call themselves front line number one. <laughs> Lance would love that. Everybody else says number one. <laughs> yeah, Lance. He's. A, I've worked with him a couple of times. He's. He's, he's a real. He's a really good guy. And, and I'm. I'm not saying that just because he's on the show a lot, but he genuinely is. And so are his teammates as well. I mean, they, they don't give themselves enough credit for just how good they are. Uh, yeah. As far as I, I can imagine, a lot of people asking me, "Why would you have them against each other?" And my answer to that is, "Why not?" If they're good tag, if they're good, if they're good friends and they're good tag team partners, they'll be good opponents as well. They'll put on a great show. Yeah, that'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm sure Lance would win though, but you know, it's it, it, it'd be good to show off what the other two can do as well, actually. So, running, running joke on the podcast is that none of us have ever seen Lance win a match. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, "Well, I've been a champion, so I must have won a match." I was like, "Yeah, but I've never seen you win a match." <laughs> Yeah, I must have missed that match, but, uh. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, that's your main event. Main event, right. So, uh, uh, I've gone for two guys that have proper helped me out a lot, really. So for my main event for a title, I've gone for Dangerous Damon Lee versus Ooh. Dylan Roberts. Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, Damon, uh, he, he took a few training sessions when I first started out. And I think we all, we all just warmed to his personality, uh, Def, definitely a guy for helping people. Uh, and I, I definitely mean that because if I hadn't got back into wrestling two years ago, yeah. he would have he been one of the few people that gave me a chance when I needed it the most. I think and they, he, they are two like, modern day legends, which hopefully in the future people will look back and go, they, yeah. Yeah, and Dylan, uh, I think he, I consider him to be one of my best low maintenance wrestling friends. I mean, uh, I hadn't seen the guy for about three years in 2019 and I'd, mm. I'd seen him again and all the love was there and, uh, interesting fact this, but, uh, we're convinced that me and him are distant cousins. Oh, wow. 
because I'm I'm Welsh on my mum's side, and my my mum's family grew up in the uh, in the same area around his. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't be a surprise if me me and Dylan were uh, were cousins, actually. You should contact long lost families and see if that. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm sure we'd both be buzzing if that was the case, but if not, uh, ignorance is bliss, wouldn't you think? <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's a great card. So I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure maybe I could uh, say if, if I ever get the chance to do something along those lines. So definitely, uh, definitely, we'll see how it goes. Actually, obviously, with the rel- relaxation of lockdown, I think the one thing that I've not done in wrestling is put on a show. Yeah, that'd be the one thing for me to achieve. I'd love to see the front line implode. That'd be funny. <laughs> I, think, I think I'll just, uh, I'll just, I think I'll just pencil this down like straight away. <laughs> I'd say, I might be asking for trouble with that, but we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right. So before we go, do you want to promote any social media and where can people find out about the entrance business? Yeah, so I'm on a. I'm on Twitter as uh, Raymondo, yeah, all one word. Uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram on the same on the same handle. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just tout the promotions that I'm working with at the moment. So yes. uh, Infinite Promotions, uh, and next year they'll be celebrating their 10 year anniversary. Oh wow! So yeah. They'll be they'll be a, they'll sure. be a, they'll be an absolutely fantastic fantastic stage for that. I can assure you that, Chris. Uh, Wrestle Island, I'm doing the stage for them as well. Uh, I'm also a backstage personality, kind of like Doug Dillinger, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see me walking around the suit there at, uh, at Wrestle Island, and you can see me wrestle at Paramount Pro Wrestling. Oh, nice. And if you want to get in touch about the stage, yeah, say so I'm on Twitter, so uh, give, give, give us a message. Uh, I'm dro- I've dropped my fees down uh, probably for the rest of the year now. Just to mm. help out, yeah. Because uh, obviously we're all going to be working to a budget, but I don't think production value should suffer as a result of that. So, uh, hook me up. I'll sort you out a nice stage, and uh, you know, I'll take care of everything backstage for you. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, I'll put, I'll put everything in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future when Brit Rest yeah. is back. And- <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I'll be, hopefully there'll be more to talk about. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. This never happens to me, Chris.